0: Later, we're going to talk about favorite characters, and my favorite character is the genie.
1: Mm. Well, don't give it away. That's okay. (laughs) We'll we'll take we'll take that out. The magic of editing. Welcome back everybody to another episode of the DCL duo podcast and this evening we have a wonderful repeat guest. We're bringing Tracy back to the show from looking glass travel. Welcome Tracy. Hey guys, how are you? We're doing great. great. So good
2: to talk to you again. As our listeners might remember from episode three, Tracy and her husband, Michael, are a couple that we met on our 11 night Southern Caribbean cruise last year. And we had Tracy and Michael to talk about Disney dining the last time.
1: Yeah, so many good friends from the 11-night cruise. We were just talking to Rainy and Robin recently about Facebook groups. So, yeah. Well, Tracy, it's good to have you back on. And tonight we're going to talk about some things that you might be hearing from your own clients about traveling down to Disney World during this period. And you, in fact, are planning potentially a trip down to the parks at the end of September. For our listeners, we're recording at the very beginning of September. So you may hear us reference later this month. That means the end of September. But, yeah, we wanted to have you on to chat about that. So, yeah. And so, Tracy, we've had you on before. So we've done your uh, your Disney cruise line background, but I think we could pause. And as we start every show with our guests, we ask them about their Disney background. And so, yeah, what, tell us a little bit, Tracy, again about your Disney background.
0: My Disney creds, huh? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I am definitely a late bloomer when it comes to Disney. I did not make my first trip to Disney until I was an adult. My parents didn't travel, so that was not something that was on their radar ever. And the first time I went, I just remember walking down Main Street and being totally and completely transported to like five years old <laughs> so excited just everything the sights the sounds the smells everything and i was immediately hooked and i have been to you know obviously all four parks at disney world we've been there i can't even tell you how many times <laughs> and to disneyland a couple of times and of course disney cruise line i think i'm i'm up to 16 cruises now so um i i feel like i A Disney cred. And you're a travel agent. Correct. Correct.
1: And Tracy, so we we wanted to chat with you a little bit about planning a trip to the parks during this period. I want to start with, I think Sam sort of spotted on Facebook, lots of folks that you work with kind of commenting on their trips. And we've certainly had a few folks on the show talking about trips they've taken recently. But I'm curious, just to sort of ask the broad question, like, what kind of things are you hearing from your clients as they head down to the parks right now?
0: Well, the people that I have had go down to the parks have had a really amazing time. As you know, Walt Disney World is open, but they're only open for about 25% of capacity. And there are some limitations in what's going on down there. But they have pretty much everybody that I've talked to has said how amazing it was because there are no crowds because the numbers are so much lower. There are very minimal times waiting for rides. I mean, I heard somebody that literally rode the flight of passage back to back, like got on it, got off, got right back on it. That's like unheard of. Right. I was gonna say, I know when we go, when you know, and we've gone on that, that's my husband's favorite ride. And you know, you can wait a long time for that. And the fact that they did it like twice in a row, he was totally jealous. Um, for travel, you know, they've said that the flights. Aren't as full that when they get to the parks, they literally sent me pictures of them like in front of the castle with barely anyone between them and the castle, which is unheard of. That's the biggest plus that they've talked about is just the amazing amount of things they can accomplish in a day, even with the shorter park hours, because there's limited capacity in the parks.
1: So it's interesting to me because it's I, I feel like it's getting hard to get a consistent read over the crowds. it It seems like we get different different kinds of feedback from different sources around how crowded the parks are,
0: and I suppose it might have something to do with with, you know, this is Labor Day weekend. So if you think about those people that are in Florida who are already, you know, that that live there, this is like one of the weekends that, they go, especially for food and wine. That's one of the big things for food and wine festival at Disney uh, at Epcot is that a lot of the people that go there are locals. They go in the evening, you know, for dinner and um, some drinks maybe. Uh, So it could be that because of the day or the time it's right before school starts. So people might be trying to get in quick visits. So that may be why that is. It just may depend on the dates that, you know, people are there.
2: Yeah. And it seems like the weekends also in general, right? I mean, weekends generally are more crowded, but. Oh, absolutely. You know, in COVID times, I think you're right that you get a lot more locals. California, Disneyland is is we always think of as sort of a locals park. And you don't really think of Florida as being a locals park, but there are a lot of people who live in Florida who have annual passes. And, you know, they're going to go on a weekend, particularly if they think the numbers are
1: going to be lower yeah, I'm curious, just to step back for a second, Tracy, you know, putting your travel agent hat on, like, are you seeing a lot of interest from your clients in going down to the parks during this period?
0: I have a lot of people asking a lot of questions about it and what kinds of precautions Disney is taking. I haven't booked A ton of people. Um, Most of the people, and and again, I live in rural northwest Ohio, so farm—think farm country, cornfields everywhere. A lot of the people here have chosen for vacations to stay a little more local to, you know, maybe drive to a cabin somewhere where they can, you know, social distance more easily, maybe to Lake Michigan. Um, There's not, there's people that are asking questions and they're looking ahead to, I think everybody's kind of already like, okay, let's get 2020 over with, let's move on. So a lot of people are looking at 2021 and saying, what do you think the park is going to look like in 2021? And that's a great question that I can't answer. What I do know is that Disney is taking every precaution they possibly can to keep their staff and their clients safe and healthy and also keep their parks open.
1: Well, Tracy, how hard is it to get like a resort reservation right now? Because on the DVC side, my sense is, you know, there's there's actually, you know, not a lot of flex in the system. Now, that's a problem of its own making a little bit in terms of how many points they've got sort of flooded into the system. But I'm curious on the cash resort side of things, easy to find a room or difficult to find a room because some of the resorts are just still, still shut down. So capacity itself is kind of limited.
0: Right. And I think that's the thing to remember is while they've decreased the capacity to the parks, they've also decreased the capacity of the resorts that are open. And so many of them are not open. And some of the value resorts that typically first timers may go to or whatever, well, they are now being moved because those resorts are still closed. They're being moved to resorts that have like DVC villas as well. We already had our reservation for the end of September at the boardwalk. So um, I didn't. I haven't done any DVC trying to figure out how easy that is I will say that I've had a couple people be able to get into Vero Beach which is extremely difficult to get into and that's obviously not at Walt Disney World that's in Vero Beach, Florida which is about an hour and a half from Orlando but that's one that's super tough to get into even as a DVC member and I've seen several people that have been able to get into there to vacation maybe because they're choosing not to go to the parks but they still want some of the Disney magic so I think that depending on when you choose to go or how flexible you are. I think there is availability. It's just a matter of how flexible can you be?
1: And and what about tickets, the park reservation system? I mean, if you do decide to go, you get a resort reservation. Can you walk people through maybe how easy or difficult it would be to get tickets and reservations into the parks if that's what you want to do?
0: Right. So what Disney has done to assure that the numbers stay low is there is no current park hopping. Previous to this, for those who maybe don't know, you could hop from, if you had a park hopper ticket, you could hop from Magic Kingdom in the morning to Hollywood Studios in the afternoon, and then you could hit Epcot for, well, it used to be Illuminations. So you can normally, you can hop between parks if you have the park hopper ticket. There is no Currently, there's no park hopper ticket. When you Purchase tickets, you purchase tickets for the days that you're going to be at Disney, and then you have to reserve your spot in a park. For example, we're going on a Thursday, we're flying out on a Thursday, so we planned nothing on Thursday, but Friday we were like, okay, let's go to Magic Kingdom. So then you have to go onto the reservation site or into My Disney Experience and say, you know, are there any openings at Magic Kingdom on that Friday? And if there are, you can reserve your spot, and that's where you go. Then on Saturday, it's like, oh, well, Saturday we definitely want to go to Epcot because we wanna hit up as many of the food and wine booths that are open. So then you had to check. So you it's it's an extra it feels like an extra step to me, but I understand why they're doing it because again, they're keeping the numbers low for safety purposes. It's just a matter of if you're for sure, like, if, again, if you're flexible, if you're flexible and you, you know, I don't care if I got a Magic Kingdom Friday, Saturday or Sunday, there's probably a chance you're going to get in. If you're saying I absolutely have to be a Magic Kingdom on this day, it may or may not happen.
2: Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And obviously, you know, without being able to park hop, I mean, you know, you have to sort of decide where you where you really want to be.
0: Correct. Correct. So it's it's almost a little bit, you know, I know you guys probably go more to California. I feel like it's almost a little more laid back like California is. I mean, if you ask my four kids who have been to Walt Disney World many times, they've been to Disneyland one time, if you ask them which where they prefer to go, every single one of the four of them will say Disneyland. And when I ask them why, they always say, because the crowds are lower, the lines are, you know, less long. Um, I think it, with the lower crowds, allows a little bit more of that laid back feel. You know, so many times when, when especially the first couple of times we took the kids to Disney, I felt like this is going to be the only time we're ever going to go here and we have to see everything and we have to ride everything. And while Disney World is so expansive. You just can't do that, especially if your kids are smaller. It, it definitely kind of ramps up that feeling where now I think it's more of a, hey, I don't have to be in a big hurry today because this is the only park I'm going to be in. And I can hit every ride in this park and I can get every snack that's open in this park and I can enjoy it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we when we go to Walt Disney World, we do not hit all four parks because if we want to, you know, if we want to hit most of the rides at Magic Kingdom, we need to be there for more than a full day. Right. We need we need to be spending and still not hitting all the rides, but I'm saying sort of the, the rides that are on our list. Right. So we're going to probably maybe it's a day and a half. Maybe it's two full days at Magic Kingdom.
0: Right. And we I frequently people will ask me like I'll have families come over and we'll be sitting down talking about their Disney World trip and they'll say, so how many days do I really have to go? And I'll say if they if they've got kids, I look at them and say, I wouldn't go for less than nine days. And I know that sounds crazy. But if you want to a actually relax a little bit. And B, hit at least the big highlights in all four parks. You know, I generally will suggest that they, you know, the day they get there, the first thing they do is go to Chef Mickey's because you can hit the Fab Five right off the bat and then you don't have to worry about that. You know, day one, I say, go to a park. I usually suggest they go to Magic Kingdom first, because that's the picture everybody sees in their head. <laughs> then I tell them, take a take a, a resort day, spend the day or half a day at the resort and swim in the pool and do the art classes and play the fun games around the pool. And and so to do that and hit everything that they want to hit, it's like eight or nine days.
1: Tracy, I'm curious to, you know, we'll talk about dining in just a second, but I'm curious as well. Are there deals to be had right now? I mean, and what are those deals looking like? I've seen some annual pass holder incentives to come, you know, stay, but I don't know what the the landscape is like just for the sort of the general public Are there's Disney offering deals or is the deal really, you know, the value of being able to potentially go to the resort with low crowds?
0: There are a couple of fairly new deals that have just recently come out. One of them is a they do a lot of things for Florida residents. And so one of them is a Florida resident one where it's like 20% off for your, I, I believe it's the tickets. Um, don't quote me on that because I, again, don't have a lot of people from Florida that I'm working with. It flashed past me when I was reading through the Disney stuff. Um, there is a deal, like it's a four-day, four-night room and ticket deal right now up through, I believe it's through Christmas. Otherwise, the biggest thing, because they're not doing a lot because obviously if they have to limit the number of people in their parks, they don't want to put out this great, fabulous deal where everybody's going to want to come because then they're just going to be flooded and people are going to be mad that they can't get in. But one of the things that they are doing is, you know, in general, when Disney, when it's Pre-COVID time, if you have a reservation, there are certain rules and restrictions if you have to change your reservation. Right now, Disney is not imposing cancellation fees or change fees if you need to change your trip, which I think is a really nice kind of bonus because, again, we're still really kind of unsure how all this travel is going to work and what's going on in each person's individual, even hometown. But everybody's kind of holding their breath to see what's going to happen. And so I appreciate the fact that Disney's saying, hey, you plan this trip in October. Great. If something comes up, you get sick, your kids get sick. Uh, There's a giant outbreak where you are. There's a giant outbreak in Florida and Florida goes back to to be in one of those states where you have to quarantine for 14 days. If you visit it, you can cancel this without repressions.
1: You mentioned um, you mentioned kind of looking further out and into the fall. I think there's been. You know, a little bit of speculation in the Disney community that this weekend would might be a tipping point because typically crowds slow down anyway once school starts back up. I think a lot of people don't really know what that's going to look like in an age when kids are schooling remotely. I mean, you could, right. you could school on Disney's Wi-Fi as easily because you can school on yeah, <laughs> your, we're, your home our, Wi-Fi. Our
2: school district is, is 100% virtual with uh, some exceptions. So...
1: But I guess, you know, Tracy, do you have any inclination or or inkling based on what you're seeing out of Disney around what they're anticipating in terms of crowds for the fall? I mean, I think incentives are usually geared toward the fall to begin with, but any, any sense there?
0: Well, I think that's probably why we saw that small, the four day, four night room and ticket kind of deal is that they do know that in general, this is a time when people don't travel because the kids are all back in school. However, you're absolutely right with everything being virtual. I feel like there's good. And, and a lot of families have gone to homeschooling because they just feel like if we're going to be home anyway, we might as well get a homeschooling curriculum and do it that way, which is great. They could do that in Florida just as well as they could do it in Ohio or, or, you know, California or wherever. One thing, that I saw yesterday that I thought was really cool. uh, One of my fellow travel agents posted on her travel page, where else can you go to France, Mexico, Canada, and Italy and, you know, like do your homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) You can go there, watch the movies and, you know, go through the, the you know, all the fun things that you can do in each one of the countries at Epcot. And I was like, that is brilliant. If I was homeschooling a kid right now, I'd be like, let's go to Epcot and study the countries.
2: (laughs) Study culture, you know, and architecture.
0: (laughs) In what better way than ice cream around the world? Right, exactly. And margaritas at Mexico. (laughs) There you go. Favorite place ever.
1: Well, Tracy, since we had you on originally about dining, I have to ask, what are dining reservations like at this period of time? And are you hearing any feedback from the folks you work with about the dining options and, you know, that sort of thing?
0: Obviously, because of the lower amount of people that are in the parks, there's also a lower amount of people, Disney cast members working. They've not been all called back yet, obviously. So there are, you know, limited, I say that, in the best way, limited options at each park. In other words, not every restaurant and every snack place is currently open. Again, kind of one of those plus and minuses. I can't get a reservation at you know one of the restaurants. You're yeah,
1: yeah. You
0: know, one of those. But I can't get a I can't get a uh, reservation there. But if I walk over there, chances are I'm going to get in anyway because yeah. there's enough of them open throughout each park that unless every single person at the park is trying to get into the one restaurant. You're probably good to go. I have not heard of anybody who's had difficulty getting food at Disney, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Really, but you know, so there are some that. And and what is promising to me is I, I can't divulge a lot of information, but I will tell you that there are some more places that are going to be opening here in September and early October. So some of the restaurants will be reopening, and some of them have had to reimagine a little bit because like, you know, Cinderella's table at the castle. Generally, the princesses, when they're not working, are coming out to meet with all of us and stop at each table and get pictures and sign autographs. Well, unfortunately, they're unable to do that currently, but they do have some special things that they are doing. So it's still making it really special. And I think you're going to be really happy with what couple of things are starting to open up here over the next month, six weeks. There's definitely some... Places that are fan favorites that are going to open up, and so that gives me hope that maybe through the fall or early winter we're going to see maybe some additional guests allowed in the parks. You know, I, I I don't know that I have no I have no inclination to that. I'm just saying if they're starting to open up more restaurants, that leads me to believe that they're starting to prepare for maybe a few more people.
1: Interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they actually get more people. If that makes sense, um,
0: right? Oh no, I totally yeah. get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of holding my breath to see if they start to open up some of the more, more of the resorts, right. It's, it's really interesting to me that some of the moderate resorts remain closed like Port Orleans, you know, French Quarter and Riverside, which is a fairly popular resort there. I, I talked to someone last week who you know lives close by, doesn't live in Orlando, but lives close by. And he and his family love to go over just for quick trips, you know, to the resorts for the weekends. And uh, it's making me think, you know, that might be more of a norm for people for a little while. So so to go back to something you mentioned earlier, Tracy, it sounds like folks are generally feeling safe in the parks, in the Disney bubble, which is great to hear. What about getting there? You mentioned flights aren't as full. I don't know that that's universal because I know there are some airlines now who are filling middle seats and all of that sort of stuff. And we've had a few guests on the show who said, look, the biggest concern from our family was like the airport itself and, you know, the plane ride and and that sort of thing. So are you hearing anything from the uh, clients that you're working with around how comfortable or uncomfortable they're feeling about getting to the parks?
0: I have had several families that have decided to drive instead of fly just because they felt like that was a safer choice for them and their family. And that's all cool. I personally, it's a long drive from Ohio to Florida. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we understand that. I mean, it would be longer for us, so we get that. It's long.
0: Right. And and something, I don't know, I don't even know if Sam and Brian, you guys know this, I'm actually an RN. I've been an RN for 30 years. Yikes. And uh, so I'm one of those people that when I get on the plane, I whip out the Clorox wipes and I wipe down the TV tray and the armrest for me and my husband. Yeah, you know, That's just who I am. That's just what I do. I'm kind of like that anyway. And I know that there are people that maybe weren't like that before, but they're saying, yeah, when I get on the plane, I try not to touch anything. And when I do, I make sure that I've wiped everything down and I have hand sanitizer and my mask is on all the time. And I mean, I think that's, those are the the things that you can control. But like I said, a lot of the people getting their whys have have kind of been like, That I want to fly, and I mean, I guess you you can look at what your flight looks like and what what carrier you're using, and are they filling that middle seat? Because I think I would I would be a little bit uncomfortable with that personally, especially because people are coming from all over the place. Right. Um, I would feel more comfortable if it was you know my husband and I in three seats and there's nobody else in there. So that's kind of what I'm hearing is there are some people that are still flying and they feel very comfortable. They clean up their seat when they sit down and they call it good. Um, and then there's other people, especially families with smaller kids who maybe can't keep them from touching everything. They're like, yep, I'm just throwing them in the car. We're just going to drive. Yeah, I wish driving were an
2: option for us because...
1: Yeah. Well, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: <would> be <laughs>
2: well, I mean, it, yeah, to Brian's point, it is. The problem is, is we'd have to take so much vacation time, right? Oh, uh, yeah. If we want to spend a week at Disney, then we've got to take more than two weeks really off. We'll take our
1: mental health leave to cover the travel. <laughs> right? and then, you, know, yeah. you guys have to take a month off probably.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you could do it, you know, you could do it in four or five
0: days. What a vlog
1: post it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Road trip into Disney be, from it, Seattle. Yeah, that
0: would be. And you could like stop little places along the way I mean you could totally make a month out of that that would be a fun trip
1: well Tracy something you mentioned earlier I was going to ask slightly differently but I want to put it kind of in the way you phrase it which is you're seeing some like pluses and minuses right now I think we've probably heard some of the pluses but maybe not what are the pluses and minuses that you're seeing to going right now
0: You know, I I, I've tried to look at this whole COVID ride as positively as I can, and so you know, while there are things like there's currently no fireworks at the Magic Kingdom, which breaks my heart, they don't technically have you know like the three o'clock parade or the evening parades, no character greetings where you can run up to a line and meet Mickey Mouse and get his autograph and get your picture taken. There are opportunities for things that maybe you're not expecting. My understanding at this point is you could just be walking down Main Street and Pluto could pop out of a store. And now he's not going to stop and, you know, let you hug on him and all that kind of stuff. But that my understanding is people are like, oh, look, there's Pluto. And they maybe like turn it around to do like a selfie and then Pluto will kind of pose mm. and then keep going. So they're what they're trying to do with all of those things, the fireworks, the praise, the character greeting, is decrease the amount of crowds together which makes, as a nurse, that makes total sense to me. But they're also trying to come up with ways to still keep things magical, which is, you know, what Disney does best. And so there's... You know, the the pop-up characters. There are pop-up, I don't want to say parades, but there's pop-up where all of a sudden like one parade float will like come out of a magical portal somewhere and will drive around, you know, the circle in front of the castle and then disappear again. And it'll play music. What they're what they're doing is they're not telling you what time that is. So people aren't congregating in front of the castle at two o'clock for a three o'clock parade. You don't know when it's gonna happen. It just does. And so it kind of, you know, goes back to what they're doing at Walt Disney World now, which is all those unexpected, positive things that, you know, it's, it's different than what we're used to as Walt Disney fans, but it's special and it's magical nonetheless.
1: Let's shift gears for a second, because the other consideration here is that you yourself are, in fact, planning a trip. So you are a, you know, consumer of your own advice <laughs> a little bit. And yes, I am. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose they don't have the they don't have the adage for travel agents that they do for lawyers, which is, uh, you know, if you represent yourself, you have your your, your fool as a client. Right. So.
0: <laughs> but
1: <laughs> on your side of the equation, how are you digesting all of this feedback to think through a trip for yourself? And is it is it you and, and your husband going? Is it your entire family? Like, who, who are you planning this trip for? Why don't we start there?
0: So this trip was a long weekend trip that we have planned multiple years. Every year in September, uh, Michael and I go for Food and Wine, uh, Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. Mm -hmm. And so we normally go this weekend. We actually normally would be there this weekend, but because my youngest daughter is a senior in high school this year and she plays volleyball, she had three games last week and she has two games this week. And there wasn't enough; like we couldn't leave until later on Friday, and then we had to be back by Tuesday. And it just like we normally. like a Thursday to a Tuesday. And so we just decided to push it back to later in the, in September when she had a little bit of a break. So this was something that was already on the books. So and it's just the two of us. We were we have a reservation at the boardwalk. Uh, and, and basically, for this particular trip, like I said, we're there for Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. And we just kind of laze around the pool. And then we'll walk over to Epcot because we usually try and stay boardwalk, beach club, somewhere in that area. So we can kind of walk over, hit the stands. We love to talk to people. I mean, you guys obviously know we met you on a cruise. <laughs> we to talked to people. We, you know, would belly up to a, a, a freestanding table somewhere and somebody was there and be like, hey, do you mind if we join you? And we'd stand there and talk and eat. And so that's what normally this trip would be. So we're kind of, we're. I'll be honest, we're kind of on the fence about this one. I know the Florida's numbers have gone down. And so that made me lean a little more towards, hey, let's go. We honestly hadn't gotten flights yet. So that could be the other issue issue in getting a flight and getting a flight on a plane that I feel comfortable on and how expensive it might be. Or it might not be because the airlines are hurting for people. Their prices may be down closer to the flight time just to get people on. The actual park stuff, I'm not really concerned about because I know from people that I know that have been there, I mean, they've shown me videos on how they're cleaning the rides between each ride. I've seen all the hand sanitation places that have popped up all along the park. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Disney has a thing for how far apart their trash cans Yes. Yes. You're 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 supposed to be more than like,
1: like, a like so many steps from a trash can. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're supposed to be so close. Well, I kind of feel like they've done the same thing with hand sanitation Mm -hmm. because it appears to me that there's either someplace you can wash your hands or someplace you can get hand sanitizer, like pretty much by every can, yeah, or, you know, that, that often. And they're sanitizing when you get on the ride, before you get on the ride, and you're sanitizing when you get off the ride. There's hand sanitizers on both ends of the each ride, masks on in the parks, unless you're sitting down eating and drinking. You have to, if you're going to take your mask off, you've got to stop. You have to be stopped. How are they going to, do you know how they're going to
2: deal with that? Or have you heard how they're going to deal with that for food and wine, right? Because food and wine is a little bit
1: Yeah. No, it's that they have designated areas. They have have designated, you can, there are areas where you can go that are socially distanced and you can sit and take your mask. They have respite areas that you can go Mm -hmm. sit there and eat. You can't be wandering around the park with your mask down. You can only take your mask down if you're actually in the act of like taking a bite of something or drinking, and then you have to pull your mask back up.
2: Yeah, no, I'm interested in that because I know, you know, normally in food and wine, they just set up those kind of little, like you said, tall tables and you kind of end up joining in with people who are not really in your party. They're not,
1: Tracy, correct me if I'm I don't think they're calling it Epcot food and wine this year. I think they're calling it a taste of Epcot food and wine. And that's in part because they've scaled the number of offerings back.
0: Normally there's, I believe, because Michael and I have counted multiple years now, I believe there's like usually 35 different countries that you can imbibe in their food and beverages. Mm -hmm. So there's like 35 different booths. I do not know what the number is this year, but I do know it is scaled back. Fairly dramatically. So I'm sure, you know, lower numbers, less places to get those bites to eat and drink. I think that there's probably yeah d- different areas where, you know, you can go sit, take down your mask, eat, drink, put your mask back up and then move on.
1: Yeah, and I've heard Disney is being militant is too strong of a word for a place like Disney, but but they are enforcing that mask requirement vigorously in the parks, yes. which makes a lot yes. of sense um, because they really don't want to be you know the object or a source of of COVID cases for sure.
0: Right, and they're not only protecting us as consumers, but they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of cast members. Absolutely. And so they also have to protect them. I mean, those people, you know, go to work there every day and try and make our days magical. We need to be as diligent as they are in keeping everyone safe, so.
1: For sure. I'm curious, so Tracy, if we sort of put this, you know, through kind of, you must be sort of weighing pros and cons on your end. Maybe let me ask this. Um, how nervous are you on a scale of one to 10 about this trip?
0: Um, I would say this is really lame, probably a five. I mean, I'm, I'm really in a middle. I'm really like one minute I'm like oh let's just go it'll be fine and then the next minute I'm like oh, I don't know and and you know for us Michael works at home so he doesn't have to worry about going out into the public but our other concern is like our daughter who's a senior. Is starting school this week. She's, a, you know, a senior volleyball player, and she wants to have her volleyball season. She wants to be able to go to school and finish her senior year at school, not from home. So the other thing that I'm, I'm weighing in that is, do we want to risk? potentially picking something up and bringing it home, you know, she gets sick, the volleyball team gets sick, the volleyball season gets canceled, school gets canceled that, you know, I mean, there's, you know, you could just go down the rabbit hole of all the potential craziness that could, could, could happen. And, and so that it's, it's really hard to make that decision. I mean, honestly, for me, the flight is probably the part that bothers me the most. It's not so much Disney. I mean, I've heard some great things about how they're handling things at the resorts, and so I feel very comfortable with those things. It's it's mostly you know I'm going to be on a plane for a couple of hours with a whole bunch of people, and I don't know where they were or were they diligent in washing their hands and wearing their masks and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm really probably at a five, like I'm just kind of tiptoeing on that tightrope trying to decide which way to go. It sounds like you're kind of at
2: like a two when it comes to the parks part, and maybe at like an eight. When it comes to the travel part, right? Exactly. And so you're averaging it at a five. And I, I would say it's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, sort of to summarize it the way you have, Brian and I are feeling the exact same way. And we, you know, we've been considering our, our December trip. Do you guys have um, park reservations booked for
0: for the trip yet or or you we actually do? We went ahead and booked those, even though we didn't have a plane reservation because we thought it would be better to book that ahead and have it. And, and we got into all the parks we wanted to get into. Mm, which ones? I think we actually might have for every park, but we didn't really have any trouble. And I and I, I think the very beginning of that park reservation thing, everybody panicked Mm-hmm. And kind of blew up the internet over it. And I think that now that, you know, as people, because of the numbers and the number, the limited number that Disney is allowing, um, I think it, it's easy enough to get the parker. Like, again, if you're flexible, we didn't care which days we went where. There wasn't a specific day we had to be at Epcot or at Magic Kingdom. I was like, hey, whatever we get, we get. Um, and so I think that's very helpful.
2: Yeah, I imagine Magic Kingdom is probably the one that's the, the most difficult since, uh, you know, families are, 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 you know, sort of or the Hollywood biggest.
0: Studios yeah, it's really, it's
1: Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: because of Star Wars. Yeah. But, uh, you, know, and Mickey, Ep- you know.
1: And Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Just
2: oh, yeah. I, for- I keep forgetting. Right when all of this yeah. started. Yeah, but I'm thinking Epcot is only, you know, people are going to want to go to food and wine, of course. But other than that, Epcot's pretty empty as far as rides
0: go right now. So. Right. So they finish it up. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming, but...
1: The real bottleneck is the Splash Mountain store because everyone's trying to get all their Splash Mountain merch (laughs) uh, before they change the ride over. But yeah, I mean, I will say this. There was a huge hubbub online about that park reservation system. And I had to go on the day that it opened up to get park reservations. I forget for which trip it was that we had planned and I ended up canceling. But yeah, in the morning, it was a complete disaster. But by the afternoon, I got all the park reservations I needed for my (laughs) my trip. So, yeah. When when
0: Disney opens something up, it's like... The day before or the day after Thanksgiving, when everybody runs into the stores to get the TVs for 25 bucks, you know, they think it's, you know, everything's going to be gone by the time I get there. And what, what happens is they, they basically blow up their whole system.
1: You also get all the, I'll call them Disney rubberneckers who are going on just to test the system out so they can write about it. That's screwing up for people who actually need to get the reservations (laughs) to go visit the park. So yeah, I would not have been on there if I had not needed to get reservations myself. So, um, just to, just to clarify. Well, Tracy, let me let me sort of ask the kind of the ultimate question now that you've, you've feedback from your clients, you've been talking to your clients about this, you've been weighing it yourself. Where do you come out on? Is this a good time to go to Disney World? And maybe, you know, recognizing that answer is probably going to be it depends who should think about it, like who who should think about it and think maybe this is a good time versus maybe this isn't a good time. Do you have any thoughts there?
0: I, well, I'm going to take off my travel agent hat. I'm going to put on my nursing hat mm. for just a minute. If you or anyone in your family has an underlying condition, respiratory conditions, really anything like that, I would say this is not a good time to go. If you are a family who is healthy... You feel comfortable with the safety protocols for you and your family. You feel comfortable with the travel. There is still plenty to do at Disney World. Yes, there are some things that you're going to not get to experience, like the fireworks. But for people like that, I think it's a great time to go because the numbers are so low. And especially if you're a family who maybe physically are healthy, but maybe you've got a child who doesn't do well in big crowds. You know, um, I, I had kids who had sensory issues and sometimes big crowds or loud noises were a problem for them. This would be a time to try it out and see how they do with the because you're never going to have numbers like this at Disney World in, in regular time. You know what I mean? You're never going to go to Disney World. There's only be 25% capacity. Um, so it might be an option for somebody like that. I think it, you know, it can be, it could be a really good time. To go to Walt Disney World, especially if it's your first time, while you're not getting all of the bells and whistles, you're certainly getting a taste of the magic. And it's certainly going to want to make you want to come back for some more.
1: Yeah, I think some of you just said there continues to make me believe that there's also a dividing line here between is this your first and only trip to Disney? Maybe your only trip to Disney for a few years or several years versus, you know, I think the decision to your point, it's it's far easier for a DVC member without underlying health conditions who wants to pop down for a resort stay and maybe get into the parks, right? Someone who goes a lot. This is just a kind of a almost an interesting opportunity. Right, a to, way to get
2: a Disney fix. It's not going to be well, the I,
1: full I, experience. I also sort of liken it to uh, what do you call it? disaster tourism, right? Like, you know, people who people who want to go see the, the damage of the hurricane in Haiti and they go, you know, they go, they volunteer, they help out. But they, they, it's, it's almost this prurient interest that they have to go see what is this like right now, you know, take advantage of the situation in this case a little bit with, you know, maybe some reduced lines and, and all of that sort of stuff. But I think it's far easier to at least put your foot into the discussion if you're going to be going a lot, if you're already going a lot. Then you know. Okay, so maybe you don't get fireworks this time. You get it next time. It's like that's the same trade off any DVC member makes, any annual pass holder makes. Like, yeah, that ride line seems too long. I'll be back. It's no big deal. But if it's your family's first trip, the only trip you're going to be taking in the next five years, then it's it's a totally different discussion because you're getting, I think, a seriously compromised experience.
0: It's definitely different for those of us that have been there many times and we know what it's like. But imagine if you'd never been to Walt Disney World or Disneyland and you were going for the first time and you didn't know that there were parades and you didn't know that there were fireworks. It it could potentially be just a really nice, relaxing vacation.
2: Yeah. I actually agree with Tracy on this. I think, you know, if you don't know what you're missing, that might not be a bad thing. Right. I mean, except you don't know
1: what you're missing. Right. But you also,
2: (laughs) but but to that point, like you're going to get to go on. So you don't get some of the shows, right. You're not going to get a lot. I think most of the shows are either they're not happening or they're doing them. And obviously, you know, trying to do them socially distance. I'm not sure. I can't remember how that's working out,
0: but I believe The shows that because those those cast members have not been called back. I think the bird show is happening. The one where they have the live birds, the musicals and things like Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. None of those are happening because those cast members have not been
1: called back yet. But think about But hold on. Think about this for a second, Sam. You've never been in the Haunted Mansion before. Your no, first experience no, you with the Haunted stretching Mansion, room. you're not getting the stretching room. No,
2: I get it. I get it. But listen, but like if you had, but in, in normal times, like in pre-COVID times, and you went on your first trip to Walt Disney World, and let's say you've got a four day trip planned, you're going to miss out on a lot of rides and attractions, right? I'm not talking about, sh- so the shows are like a big bummer, right? You're not going to get to see shows. Not you're if not you use touring get- plans. Not if <laughs> okay. you use touring
1: plans.
2: Let me finish, right? <laughs> so you're not going to see the shows. You're not going to have fireworks and, nor- and you're not going to have normal parades, to your point, Tracy You will have, you might have these sort of random floats that come out, but you, as far as like, I don't have to wait, you know, two hours to get on flight of passage. I can do, you know, I don't have to wait an hour maybe for the safari, right? Like you might get, you might be able to get in more rides, you know, and attractions than you would on one of those, you know, on a regular trip. So if it's your only first and only time.
1: But Disney is not, so, so if you just want to ride rides, Go to Six Flags, (laughs) right? Like we had the folks from the theme park hopper here. Like if you want to ride rides, you go like Disney is about the magic from end to end. It's about the showmanship, the storytelling, all of that sort of stuff. And there is a lot of quality storytelling that is not happening right now because they just can't do it safely. Right. And so I think, again, if this is your only trip, you're missing a huge component of the Disney storytelling. Wait a year wait two years and go, right? Like like it, you're going to get that storytelling back and that's the Disney experience. If you just want to ride rides, there's plenty of places to go and ride thrill rides.
0: Yeah, you can go to see, Point, right.
2: Two hours away from my house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. True. No, I think, you know, I, that's why I think there's a trade-off and I think the calculus is going to be different for every family. I don't think you can make a blanket statement is all I'm saying. I don't think you can make a blanket statement that somebody who is a regular park goer DVC member annual pass holder should go while somebody oh, that's what is, I'm saying. You no, know, new shouldn't go. I'm just saying each individual family or person is going to weigh those things differently. And for, I think Brian's point is it, you know, the sort of the way that you might weigh, it might be differently than somebody else. What
1: I've been saying is it's an individual decision. I just think it's easier to start the discussion. If you're going frequently, if this is your first trip, I would start this discussion very much from the point of view of perhaps we ought to be postponing this trip and then adding on the reasons why not to postpone. Right. So Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, the right, DCL duo. <laughs> yeah, so we can. That,
2: this, you know, what one of the amazing things about you know this show is, and, and uh, this is the
1: only time we talk about this stuff is when we're recording it. So you're getting live and unplugged. Oh, no, plugged in live and unedited, and even uh,
2: unedited uh, <laughs> d- difference of opinion, but this is the thing, you know, that's amazing about our show and, and about other shows about Disney. You can, there's a, a million different opinions you can have. There about, is no
1: one right way to Disney. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. And so that's, I think what we've just demonstrated in this discussion between uh, Brian, myself and Tracy. So, um, you know, there are it's different ways I'm of right looking you're at wrong it. That's
1: totally fine. <laughs> um, um what, what, is, what is that saying again?
2: Happy wife, happy
0: life. I think. I thought it was,
1: you can be right or you can be happy. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, aren't you the one that edits? You can just edit that part out. Oh, I'm
1: already, I'm already splicing as we, as we and go. It's um, Yeah. Uh, so. Well, Tracy, we've arrived at the point in our show that Sam loves the most, which is Rapid Fire. Now, you were a guest before and experienced the what I'm calling Rapid Fire 1.0, which evolved rather quickly into this new version of Rapid Fire. But uh, I'm going to let Sam take it away for Rapid Fire.
2: Yeah, we so on our last the last show we had you on, we asked you a lot about Disney resorts and what your favorites were and things like that. Guess. And we asked you a lot of dining um, questions the last time around. So, yeah, we
0: talked a lot about food.
2: Yeah, yes. exactly. I gained 10 our, pounds our food, listening
1: to the episode, but.
2: Yeah, exactly. Who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Definitely the genie. And which one is your favorite genie if you had to pick? Oh, I'm going to go with Will Smith. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm sh- I'm kind of shocked there. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you might no, be wrong. I, <laughs> applaud. I applaud
1: that decision and the courage of her convictions. I <laughs> no, love you no, no. Robin yeah, Williams. You 2
2: sure don't agree on that either. <laughs> no, actually, I think we both do. I think we both would pick Robin Williams. I would probably do yeah.
1: Robin Williams, Will Smith, then the genie in the stage show. On the show. I, I
2: agree. I would do it that order as well.
1: I think this is where I would say Will Smith met the challenge. Of yes. the genie. Yes. I i actually I'd say Robin Williams is still my favorite, but only because he was first and he's Robin Williams. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's so funny. Yes, yeah. And Robin Williams. Absolutely. All right. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie?
0: Okay. I'm I might be going out on a limb here because I don't know technically if this is considered Disney, but I saw it on Disney Plus, so hopefully that counts. <laughs> it is then. Um, I we we took our trip up to Michigan with our family over the Fourth of July weekend and my biggest thing other than laying out on the beach at the lake was Hamilton. I couldn't wait until Hamilton came because I was unable to get to New York to see it live. I love
2: that you picked Hamilton. I I, I will say I had not thought of it as a Disney movie until you just until we
0: this moment on the
2: show today.
0: Uh, your favorite Disney song. All right. I'm going old, old school. I'm going Mary Poppins, Step in Time. Oh, love it. Okay, your favorite Disney park. Hollywood Studios.
2: Okay, what is your favorite land? I'm totally going Cali on this one. Cars land. And so I'm going to tell you what the next two questions are because I want to sort of compare the two. So one is, the first one is going to be your favorite classic ride or attraction. And the second is going to be your favorite modern ride or attraction. So let's start with the classic. All right. My classic is Splash Mountain, hands down. Your favorite modern ride or attraction then?
0: Okay, so this is going out on a limb for me because I am I know I'm probably going to get hate mail for this. I'm not necessarily a Star Wars fan, but I will tell you the Millennium Falcon blew me away. All right. Your favorite Disney snack? I'm such a weenie on this one because I like the Mickey Mouse cookies and cream ice cream sandwich. Yeah. What is wrong with that? Why are you a weenie? That's a great answer. It's a delicious sandwich. People are always like, oh, you don't, you don't mean the the ice cream on the stick. And I'm like, no, because every time you take a bite, the chocolate falls off.
2: <laughs> it does. It does.
0: Like that's too much work. And I just, I love the cookies and cream ice cream sandwich. Always get one at the park.
2: Yeah. All right. Your favorite Disney souvenir. I do have a small
0: collection of ears.
2: (laughs) Nice. All right. Your favorite or a a memorable moment from Disney parks visit.
0: All right. So this one's, I'll I'll try and I'll try and give you the reader's digest condensed version of this, but this is a pretty funny story. So we were in line to meet Peter Pan. We were at the end of the line. So we were going to be like the last people before Peter Pan flew away. And and then next to him, just over a little ways, we could see there was a line forming for Jasmine and Aladdin. So we were like, okay, as soon as we get done with Peter Pan, we're going to run over there and get in that line. And the kids were little, I would say Sasha was probably eight and Matthew was 10, maybe somewhere in that general vicinity. And so we reached Peter Pan, we got our pictures with Peter Pan and he asked us if we were going to go over to see Jasmine and Aladdin. And we said, Yes. That's where we're headed right now. And he said, do me a favor. When you get up to Jasmine and Aladdin, just tell them this tag, you're it. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, sure. You know? So we ran over and got in line and we were towards the very end of the Jasmine and Aladdin line. And we did the pictures and it was so funny because Jasmine had this beautiful lipstick on and she kissed each one of the boys on the cheek. And we actually have a photograph of them with her lipstick on their cheeks. Aww. And they were so, I mean, like they were so happy. Like she kissed them on the cheek. It was just, it was super cute. So we get up there, we get our pictures and everything. And I said, oh, wait, wait, wait. We're supposed to tell you from Peter Pan, tag, you're it. And both of them in unison were like, oh, darn it. Oh, and they were like, and I'm like, care to explain? Well, apparently they, the characters play a little tag game. And it's like, you try and get through your whole session without, one of the other characters tagging you. And since Peter Pan was gone, they couldn't tag him back. And we just thought it was the funniest thing that we were a part of that. And, you know, they were, they were like so laughing, but so upset that they got caught. Like, you know, <laughs> that Peter Pan caught him. And so that's one of the ones that we talk about a lot here around the dinner table, you know, is I don't know if the, all the care like if they do that a lot, if that's just something that maybe those particular characters do, but it was just cute. So.
1: That is cute. That is cute. Well, Tracy, it's been fabulous having you back on the show. We look forward to having you back on in the future for sure. Do you want to let folks know how they can find you if they're interested in using you to book a fabulous Disney vacation?
0: Absolutely. If they go to Facebook, it's LGTVacay by Tracy or on Instagram, it's LGT underscore underscore by underscore Tracy, and Tracy's T-R-A-C-Y, or they can email at Tracy at net, and Andraco is O-N-D-R-E-J-K-O that one, nobody can
2: spell. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're easily found by searching Looking Glass Travel VK" by Tracy on Facebook as well.
1: And we will leave this information as well on our show notes if folks are looking for it after the show. But uh, Tracy, I wanted to thank you once again for coming on. It's been a blast.
0: Thanks for having me again. It has been a lot of fun. I love to talk Disney. <laughs>
1: It was a lot of fun having Tracy back on the show. She's just a real blast to talk to. And I love all of the insight and knowledge that she brings about Disney to the show. So I'm sure we'll have Tracy back. A quick update after the show, we did learn that Tracy and Michael decided not to head down to Disney for uh, the Epcot Food and Wine. So uh, after weighing all the pros and cons, they did decide it just was not the right time for them to go. And I just think that that really highlights something that I've been trying to say. Sam said during the show that this has got to be a decision that you make and it's uniquely personal to you. So hope that we can help you sort of take in information to help make that decision. There's lots of other sources of information out there. I will say, just be cautious. I heard another podcaster today when I was listening to their show sort of say, well, if you love Disney, now's the time to go. That's that's not the right answer, in my opinion. The right answer is do what you are comfortable doing, what's right for your family and what will make you feel safe. Uh, everyone's got to do the right thing right now. And um, there's no one right way to Disney. That's a motto I live by. So with that, I did want to uh, read one of our five-star reviews on the air. This one comes from Hold Steady, who uh, whose review actually won both volumes of Cleaning the Kingdom signed by Len Barron and Ken, uh, the co-author there. And Hold Steady writes, insightful and fun. Brian and Sam do an excellent job interviewing their guests. They are personable, kind, and inviting. Their show is also edited very well, and I appreciate the quality. Well, we appreciate the review. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are trying to make sure we bring you a quality show, and if we're not, we want to hear about it. So with that, thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making this podcast more visible to those who might be looking for our content. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show show or solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the walt disney company or disney cruise line if you have questions about a disney cruise or a walt disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous disney adventure with the dcl duo good night